Hey, welcome back to another episode of Crosstalk. I am your host, James Cross. I appreciate you being here. If you like what you hear, please hit that subscribe button, hit the like button. You can also follow me on Facebook at Crosstalk, Twitter at Crosstalk Cross, and also on Anchor podcasting app as well as Spotify. You can look me up under Crosstalk. So it's a beautiful Monday. It's February 28th. And before we move into discussing the State of the Union address and what I believe we're going to hear tomorrow night, I would ask you to join me in a moment of silence for the tremendous, horrifying invasion and loss of life the Ukrainian government and their citizens are experiencing as we speak. And we'll do that now. So, before we really get into today's show, I'd like to make a small disclaimer to my listeners. I want you to know that we strive here at Crosstalk to bring you the facts and the truth. And I openly admit, as your host, I do have my own personal opinions and beliefs, and will express them throughout my show. But when I am reporting on a story or the facts upon that story, that is what I am simply broadcasting. I may add flavor with my opinion to deliver a quality product product that engages my viewers. And at times, I just want to make sure the point is clear to some due to some of the feedback I have received because I am striving to bring you the best quality and product to you as possible. So please do not hesitate to give me your feedback, thoughts, or your requests so I know what you, the viewer, really want. And I know at times it can seem like it's a lot of negative news and stories, but I just want to make note that we as Americans have a lot to be grateful for. For example, those 12 jurors in Kenosha, Wisconsin, that followed the law and came out on the side of justice with the pressure of a mob on them and the endangerment of their own lives. The trucker convoy up north that's united and fighting for their civil liberties. The united police officers, pilots, healthcare workers quitting and resigning over their infringements of civil liberties and people's right to petition their governments, practice their religion, and make choices for their children. They have united. You saw it in Loudoun County in the election for governor. And I can feel the momentum myself, and it's, I can feel the movement, excuse me, gaining momentum. And I feel it's a special time in this country, though we do have a lot of work ahead of us. But we are going to get back on track. The American people are some of the strongest people I believe that exist. And if anybody can do it, it is us. And I sincerely believe that us as Vermonters and us as Americans are really starting to wake up and see that 
our leaders and our politicians are not governing off from what's best for the American people, the Vermonters, but what's best for them or their fundraiser base. And I don't believe that's right. And we believe that we should have candidates that are striving to make common sense common again, as we do here at Crosstalk. Now, I'm going to catch you on the other side of this intro, and we'll get into today's episode. Thank you again. So, here we are. As many of you know, what's going on in Ukraine is absolutely heartbreaking. For anyone who has an ounce of humanity, for our fellow man, feels like I do. I pray for them. I encourage our government to hold Russia responsible for these horrific offenses Mm. against humanity. I also feel like, on the other hand, that it is not our war to fight, meaning we should not put troops on the ground or be sending troops. I believe we can support them with guns and ammunition and air defenses, but it is not our battle to win. And if we do involve ourselves, we will only further our own whole economically and further out the progress on our domestic policies. And it's for this country, Ukrainians, this is the Ukrainians country's chance for their 1776. I don't want to dwell dwell too much into the Ukrainian issue as our mainstream media is soaking every ounce of it. Our politicians are focusing every free minute upon it. And let me tell you how these current events tie into the State of the Union address that is going to happen tomorrow and how I believe President Biden is going to use this Ukraine issue. Remember, never let a good crisis go to waste. Uh, But how I believe President Biden is going to use this Ukraine issue as a quote-unquote historical moment for us as Americans to come together and unite and sacrifice to support the cost of protecting freedom around the world. But really, it's a distraction from the failures of this administration. I mean, just listen to Press Secretary circle back Jen on what we should expect from the State of the Union dress in the interview she did over the weekend with George Stephanopoulos. 7% approval rating, Democrats trailing badly in the midterm polling. A majority in our recent poll out this morning even questioned the president's mental capacity. How is he going to turn that around on Tuesday night? And how much has the State of the Union be changed by this war in Ukraine? Well, George, I think there's no question uh, that in the State of the Union, uh, the American people and anybody watching around the world will hear the president talk about the efforts he has led over the past several months to build a global coalition to fight against against the autocracy and the efforts of President Putin to invade a foreign country. That is certainly something that is present in all of our lives and certainly in the president's life in this moment. But what people will also hear from President Biden is his optimism and his belief in the resilience 
uh, of the American people and the strength of the American people. And you know, George, from covering State of the Unions for some time, that, that it is about delivering a message to the public at a moment in time. And if you look back when President Obama gave his first State of the Union, it was during the worst financial crisis in a generation. When President Bush gave his state at first State of the Union, it was shortly after 9-11. Leaders lead during crises. That's exactly what President Biden is doing. He'll speak to that, but he's also going to speak about his optimism about what's ahead and what we all have to look forward to. Notice that at the very end of the clip, how she says optimistic about how we have to look forward to meaning, meaning to me that right now it isn't going to get any better and there's no hope of it getting better right now. At least that's how I took it. You guys are going to have to make that decision for yourselves and you can let me know in the comment sections. The American people, from what I can tell, care about these issues going on domestically, border security, inflation, COVID mandates, education, accountability for Afghanistan debacle, food prices, mm -hmm. cost of medical, social security, and I could go on and go on. But my gut is telling me that we're not going to be able to focus on any of these issues due to the lack of leadership and because we have to sacrifice for the freedom, not only here, but for around the world. And that is going to be a talking point in the State of the Union and hot button word, I guarantee it. I don't believe that it's fair to do, seeing how inflation's been an issue since Biden has entered the Oval Office. He's the one who has backed us into the corner, into a corner, when it comes to our oil production and making us dependent upon 20% of our oil importation comes from Russia alone. So therefore, we cut off Russian oil, we sanction Russian oil, we are cutting off 20% of our own input, therefore prices are going to go up, meaning you and me are going to continue to pay more at the gas pump. Now, I also am going to have an episode discussing Ukraine all on its own and the corruption that has gone on in Ukraine that has led us to today because I believe us as Americans hold a huge part in that and particularly the Clintons, the Obamas, Biden, Biden's son, John Kerry's son, Burisma, Lashenko, the He's a, he was the Ukrainian prosecutor who said, I briefly quote, um, roughly quote, I say, he said that the U.S. ambassador who was appointed by Obama met with me and on our first meeting told me a list of people that he could not prosecute. And that is an episode that you guys are not going to want to miss, but I'm going to make sure I got all of my facts right and have this story lined up before I let it go. And not to mention, we were energy dependent, not even two years ago, for the first time in 70 years, I believe. But Biden is beholden to the climate change radicals in his party, who have been actively going to war with our oil producers in the cause of climate change and with the radical rationale 
that the world is going to end in 12 years, said 10 years ago. And don't listen to me. Let her tell you. The world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. And your biggest issue is... Your, your biggest issue is how are we going to pay for it? And, like, this is the war. This is our World War II. Like, this is World War II. I just want to make note that she said that, like, three years ago. And as we're seeing play out many different ways... But as only, it has only made America weaker for it. I can hear the president now. He's going to say that this administration is a, a historical administration. I served with the first black president. I nominated the first black woman vice president. I nominated a black woman Supreme Court nominee. And they're going to ring the bells of equality victory for everyone. And race equality issues are all solved. And he's going to claim he's the most progressive president since FDR. And they have rectified the issues regarding race. Meaning they've made them worse. Let's be honest. In this country. But we have a lot more work to do. Anybody knows that. And what he is saying is couldn't be further from the truth. So... Pay attention because these are my predictions for the most used words or phrases that are going to come up in the State of the Union address. And those words are historical, equity, united. We are looking at the face of evil and the phrase and we will have to make sacrifices for the cost of freedom. Not just here, but around the world. Those are the words and phrases that we are going to hear over and over again. And if you think I'm missing some, please contact me with your predictions via Crosstalk social media's account. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, also at anchorapp.com and available on Spotify. But all I want, and I know the American people want, is accountability and truth, straight honesty and accountability. While we're on the topic of truth, this brings me to my next subject that I want to discuss with you guys. is COVID and the politicization of the CDC and the response I believe we will hear in the State of the Union address, excuse me, as well. But first, listen to this CNN medical expert, Leanna Wynn, who was the same one saying that people who are not wearing masks are literally killing people and should be charged for it, which is just some s insane, crazy rhetoric that the Dr. Fauci's and the Democrats were pushing amidst this COVID pandemic. Here you go. I'll catch you on the other side. It is sobering.
extreme, but not at all surprising. We know that school has benefit for children, and therefore when kids are pulled out of school, and also with the uncertainty of not knowing when they're going to go back, that that has detrimental impacts, certainly on emotional well-being, on stress, including of the parents and caregivers who now don't know what to do about, about working at the same time. But also now we see that there are very specific impacts on cognitive development, on motor and other stones for children. Also, we see that there are huge disparities in the study that those parents and families that are the most vulnerable, most disadvantaged, are the ones that are hurt the most. And so at this point, we really need policies that aim to keep children in school. Perhaps, for example, not having quarantine if children are exposed, having tests to stay or other programs. And we also need to be attentive to these long-term consequences. Can we work to close these rampant and wide educational disparities? Oh, so now children being in school matters. Oh, so now the time that they're missing from being in school had or possibly could have an effect upon our children negatively. Oh, the evidence does not back our children wearing masks every day in school. Now they are admitting that. And this is not on accident, guys. Yesterday, the CDC changed, or excuse me, let me retract that statement. I said it wrong. I'm getting excited. All right. So Sunday, the Democrats had a memo that was leaked. And I'm going to read that to you. Give me one second. Let me pull this bad boy up. All right. So on Sunday, the Democrats had a memo that was leaked that was sent by a Molly Murphy and a Brian Stryker, which are Democratic strategists, to the Democratic politicians and potential candidates. Quote, before we lay out some strategic thoughts for the Democrats positioning themselves on COVID-19 after nearly two years of the pandemic, declare the crisis phase of COVID over and push for feeling and acting normal. Thanks to rats, we are nowhere near where we were two years ago or even one year ago. Democrats have a tremendous opportunity to claim an incredible historic success they have vaccinated hundreds of millions of people let's not give any credit to operation warp street which created the vaccine within a year no we don't we don't credit that is because it's a good opportunity like what they said it's a opportunity to claim not it's an opportunity to showcase what we have done but a opportunity to claim an incredible historic success, which happens to be Donald Trump's and the people working on the vaccine during the administration. Let's not forget them. And they vaccinated hundreds of millions of people, prevented the economy from going into free-for-all, lie, kept small businesses from going under, lie. I remember watching numerous of clips of business owners in New York being arrested or in San Francisco or in Las Vegas or in Massachusetts or in Pennsylvania 
for not closing their business during COVID lockdowns. Um, kept small businesses from going under and kept and got people back to work safely. See, I remember that a little differently as well because I remember this administration, uh, well, first of all, he said during his campaign, he said a lot of shit, but we know how that's worked out. But he said, I will not shut down this country. I will shut down the vaccine. And I remember it a little differently because he forced mandates upon the airline industry and caused a shortage of employees as he did with transportation, the shipping, and numerous of other fields. So I don't remember it that way. Because of President Biden and the Democrats, we can safely return to life feeling much more normal and they should claim that proudly. Recognize that all that people are worn out and feeling real harm from years long restrictions and take their side underline. It's literally underline. Most Americans have personally moved out of the crisis mode. Twice as many voters are now more concerned about COVID's effect on the economy with 49% are more worried about that than the effects upon someone in their family or someone they know. 24% of parents and 80% of teachers say that pandemic has caused learning and are overwhelming and are overwhelmed and more worried about the learning loss that their kids have experienced through the past years. Six in 10 Americans describe themselves as worn out by the pandemic. More we talk about the threat of COVID, erroneously restrict people's freedoms, the more we disinstantiate our, or, 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 I'm sorry, remove ourselves from our constituents, quote on end quote. Yes, I added some of my own flavor in there. So it wasn't a complete quote. So, the, so all the fact checkers out there, but this story is factual. It was a study done by Impact Research, which I'm not sure where they're out of, but as I said before, it was a Molly Murphy and a Brian Stryker. And you think it's a coincidence the next day the CDC changes their guidelines, removes mask mandates in the Capitol the day before, two days before the State of the Union address? No, I guarantee you that the president will claim victory over covid and life back to normal and we have only him to thank and it really makes me sick in that dnc memo where it says we can claim credit man that's just sickening like it's this my point being to you guys is this is not a coincidence and it's proof of my point that this issue has been politicized from the beginning and the democrats had doubled down because orange man bad and everything trump did was bad and this isn't about my support for trump or my su support not for trump or my support for biden or my support for not for biden these are the facts everything trump did was bad so when he said that we're going to let the states take control of how they want to handle the issue of COVID, he was said, oh, you're killing people, da, 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 da. you're doing nothing, COVID's on him, all those deaths are his fault, 
just a little side note, more people have died under Biden than Trump. I'm just saying. But back to it not being a coincidence, the DNC memo came out, right? The next day or the same day, I received the email from my school stating that the mask will not be worn. And before they, my, this children went on vacation, we, we as parents received the email saying that if you, uh, the school reached a 80% vaccination rate by the time that they came back from vacation, that there would be no mass requirements. But in the email that I just received, it states due to it being difficult to keep track of the vaccination rates in the children, we're just going to remove the mass mandates. And I am calling bullcrap. This is not out of the kindness of their heart. If they were doing it out of the kindness of their heart, this would have been done six months ago. Um, this is political. And like I said, I'm calling bullcrap on that because I believe it has more to do with the DNC, the State of the Union address, and the state of the country and some of the domestic issues and foreign issues that are going on. And this administration needs a win. Period. What is he going to talk about during the State of the Union address? Uh, inflation's at a 40-year high. Um, we've seen the most illegal immigration that we've seen in 50 years. Um, we don't know who or what is coming into the country. Drug crimes and violent crimes are at all-time high. For example, Philadelphia, a 500% increase just this year alone. Is, is that what he's going to mention? Or is he going to talk about how diverse he's made our military? Because you can tell how strong of a message that has sent around the world. That we are the most inclusive, equitable, gender, gender understanding mm -hmm. military in the world. And how dare Putin still F with us. You know what I mean? It's sickening. It really gets me upset because I've been saying this since day one. And I'm not an expert. I'm not somebody that knows this shit. I just research. Did my own research, tried to find the facts, paid attention to what was going on actually, and not what I was hearing. And I, and I never saw the statistics back up our children wearing masks or to vaccinate them. I'm pretty sure I don't even know a child that's under the age of 10 that had gotten COVID personally. You may or you may not, but me personally, I haven't. And any child that was, I don't know, 10 and up, 10 to 20, let's say, that did receive or uh, contract COVID, they weren't dying. They were sick. But the requirements didn't back up the actual sickness because it was politicized. See, this is why I say I will not give up my right to choose whether or not I'm going to be vaccinated or not. See, I made this choice myself. And I stood to it. And many other Americans and Vermonters have stood by their stance. And I want to say to you, thank you, my fellow patriots. Thank you for all the freedom-loving people out there who took the shit from the mask-loving, fear-mongering, COVID cops, snitches, the COVID snitch line. Thank you for not being a part of that, for everyone that did. And I know my listeners and I stand on a very similar stance. 
It's not that I don't want to keep our elderly safe. I want to make note of this. From the beginning, I've always said that we need to protect the elderly, the old, nursing homes, people with pre-existing conditions, people with respiratory problems. You know, Dr. Fauci should also be held to account. He lied to us. He openly lied to us. He openly covered up the origins of the COVID virus. He covered for the Chinese government rather than us, the American people. And he is not an elected official. But he gets to make these decisions. And you've heard Biden himself say, I listen to Dr. Fauci and everything he says goes, period. So we know Dr. Fauci is running the White House's stance on COVID. And I'm just glad that we're starting to see the light and we're starting to come through the other side of this. I am greatly appreciative for that. Now, people will say, well, you didn't know whether or not you were gonna get COVID. And if somebody you knew got COVID, you would be upset if they passed away and you did nothing. And it was because somebody didn't wear a mask. No, 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 no. No, I'm not gonna blame somebody who carried a virus that was out of their control and happened to pass it on, not knowingly. No, 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 that's not their fault. You know whose fault it is? It's China's fault. It's China's fault for not making us aware right off the bat. It's China's fault for not letting our inspectors go into China and see what's going on. Not that they weren't probably paid off by the Chinese government anyways. But you see my point here. I want you to listen to this clip real quick. When the vaccine comes, it's not likely to go through all the tests that need to be and the trials that need to be done. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot? Now, let's remember that that clip was made during um, the debates and around the election time where the vaccine was really ramping up and the Trump administration was trying to push um you know hope and something to look forward to i think was his real strategy with the vaccine obviously and the results of what the vaccine could do for us to combating the virus but let's not forget that this is the same man who undermined the same vaccine that he fired pilots for fired police officers fired health workers fired nurses doctors did I say pilots? I believe I said pilots. Military officials. Anybody who would not bend to their will was fired. And this is the same man that was undermining, undermining that vaccine from day one. And that's where we're going to end today's COVID conversation because I could go all day about this. Now, uh, in the next segment, I'm going to discuss what I am doing locally and one of the responsibilities that I've taken on recently in striving to make Vermont a better, more affordable, inclusive, and, you know, tourist attraction kind of state, and where we're taking care of the people that make this state, the farmers, the doctors, teachers, 
you know, the hardworking concrete workers, laborers, roofers, construction, business owners, etc. And uh, I'm going to have a message for you guys. But I just got this one highlight of Biden I want to play for y'all. And it is, I'm playing it to highlight this man's demeanor and how he has lied to us about so many things. So what are we supposed to believe today when he says, I'm not putting troops on the ground in Ukraine? Do we believe him or do we not? The right question. Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? Are you a joke? What do you say? Go back and read what I said. Wait, 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 wait. You're getting nervous, man. That is an interesting reading of English. You, you, I assume you got in the, in the journals because you like to write. I want to talk about everything, man. What the hell? What are you doing? So what did I say it was common? I said yeah. it. I said it. What I said was, let's get it straight. I, I think I probably have a much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. Well, that's not true. You're saying things you do not know what you're talking about. No one said that. Who said that? Who said that? I know you asked him. I have no response. I know it's your campaign. I'm ready to rally. I don't expect you to go like that. You don't understand that in your own business. Is it okay to put questions on Israel before? No, you can't. I'm not unless you get in front of the car as I step on. I'm not just questions. Don't screw around with me. Let's get it straight. Right no, let me listen to me. I'm listening. Why do you always ask questions? Don't poke at my face, okay, buddy? He So, does that sound like a leader that has a grasp of everything, who is calm, composed, and can lead in time of adversity? No, sadly to me, that doesn't. But um, I'm excited to tell you about something and one of the things that I'm starting to be involved in or going to be involved in here locally in Franklin County. I feel a great sense of obligation and sense of gratitude for the state of Vermont, which is where my drive is to get into the game and try to make an impact and give back to a state that I know I complain about and moan about, but has given me a lot. I am grateful enough to understand and humble enough to understand that I grew up in an environment where I did not have to worry about violence and extreme and in violence and extreme measures, meaning my walk from school wasn't as treacherous as it is for some of the kids in urban communities. It's not a, a high crime area. Um, there is drugs and violence here, of course, like there is anywhere, but it's at a rate where if you're doing and focused on the right things, it does not affect your life. And you have that fortune. I mean, you always have your family members that are touched. Don't get, that's not what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is if you want to do right here, it is very easy to do right. Um, you don't normally have to worry about your children making it home safe. And I don't want Vermont to be a place that rich people come here, like Alex Baldwin, come here once a year when they're trying to hide out from the media, when they shoot somebody and kill somebody because they don't know how to properly use a gun. Yes, it is. It very is much so, Melmers. But um, as many as you know, I was on the Maury show and it was a 
overall good experience to travel, to seeing a new town, getting to meet some good people, and the opportunity to meet my biological father. But I had to learn a lesson the hard way, which is the only way it seems I learn. I thought I was there to ensure that I was telling my story, but in reality, I was only there to ensure ratings, and they made it seem like I hate my home. So when I say these things, I'm not saying them to shit on Vermont, but rather bringing light, maybe to spark a change or encourage somebody or inspire somebody to make a change and hold yourself accountable for trying to make change, as I am trying to do by getting involved in local politics, as I believe us as citizens should feel an obligation to do so. And when I say things like, there is no diversity here, it's because there isn't any. And I'm going to give you the actual statistics right off the Vermont census for 2020. VT has a 94.2% white population, a 1.4% black American population, a 0.4% Native American population, a 1.9% Asian population, and we have a total of 645,570 people, I believe. And if you want to see where I got that as a source, you can go right on vermontcensus.com. I literally just typed it right into Google and it came right up. But at the same time, there's things that we have to be grateful about in Vermont. And I want to make sure I'm sending that message as well. Vermont ranks fifth best in quality of life in the United States. It ranks second for crime and corrections, seventh for natural environment, eighth for education, and Vermont has the second lowest crime rate. And here's a fun fact for some of the gun grabbers. Vermont has some of the most lenient gun laws in the country, if not so. And that is a lot to be grateful for. But I think we have a lot of work ahead of us as well. And I think we need to make sure we're making sure our farmers, the blue collar, the middle class, the hardworking, the single parents, and the people especially been hammered by the COVID regulations and mandates and ensuring that we create an environment here in Vermont that is working with them, not against them. And I know personally and many others who feel that Vermont at some points is working against us. For me, I think we need to change the correctional system major in this state. Vermont is the only state with furlough, which I think is just a ticket or a way for them to give you some rope to get you the looped in. Now, you shouldn't be making bad decisions and ending up on probation and parole, but I don't believe that the system should be taking advantage of your downfall while you're in your downfall, if that makes sense. And the leadership is out of touch with everyday Vermonters. Like Phil Scott saying that we need to allow black Americans cut the line. That was him just being woke because I just read you the population of Vermonters and we had more elderly than we do have black total population. So I'm saying there's more people over 50 than there is all of black ages in Vermont. We needed to protect them. But no, he wanted to play woke. That's out of touch. He did us no favors. 
and he made himself look ridiculous. And I'm telling you these facts because I am putting myself in the game. And you know that saying, uh, you got to get some skin in the game to make a difference? Well, that's what I'm trying to do. And you are now speaking to the district president for Mrs. Erica Reddick campaign for Congress. She's running out of Chittenden County. She's a Republican who has walked a path many of us will find that we can relate with and find inspiration from. I know I have. And I have met few people who have been able to match the energy that this woman brings to the table and her love for trying to make a difference. She's a small business owner, so she has some skin in the game and understands what small businesses owners, small business owners have been going through these last two years and the damage that's been done. She understands parents with children are worried about the damage that has been done to our children with the inconsistent and the lack of education that has been going on the past two years. And now the studies are coming out saying in that same leak, D, uh, that same leak DNC memo that 80% of us are worn out on COVID and a large amount of parents are realizing and finally, finally waking up and seeing that there was damage done to these children's mental health, education, socially, depression, suicide, creating disorders, anxiety. Um, you can't shelter a kid and then pepper them with fear and expect them to have no side effects to that. That's just absurd to me. Some would even call it He's crazy, man. And the one thing I can say about Mrs. Reddick is that she's been consistent. And in the things that she is wrong on, she's not ashamed to say so and take accountability to do so. And that's why I'm supporting her. And I'm going to ask you guys to support her and to consider supporting her. And we will get into more about her campaign and her stances and her policies as the campaign season starts ramping up in the platform that she stands upon. I'm hoping to get her on Crosstalk for an interview and I'm hoping to have questions from you, the viewers, so we can ask the questions that are not always asked of our politicians. The tough ones, like what are some of the things that we are going to do to prevent the next virus? Things like that. Questions not about why is she running. I don't want to hear that for any candidate. I want the tough questions asked and the common sense questions asked. And the real reason that she has my support is because we stand by making common sense common again here at Crosstalk, and she stands for that. Her legislative policies and political opinions are based on facts and the statistics and understanding and an understanding that there is no perfect solution when it comes to our political issues and that the government cannot solve every issue we have. But there is a lot of work that we can do and there's a lot of positive change that we can make and there is a lot of people that think that the government is the answer for everything and it is not we have to do for ourselves sometimes and we will get into everything and all the candidates and all the other candidates that are running so i ask you to stay tuned for that check out my 
Facebook page. It's Crosstalk. You can find me at Twitter at CrosstalkCross. You can find me you can find my podcast on this Anchor app and Spotify as well. And please, if you have any requests for topics, issues you want discussed, people you want to hear from locally, please reach out to me in the comments on my Facebook. My email's even on there. Please reach out to me and don't hesitate. Please have a good day. Godspeed. And God bless. Thank you for being here.